Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by the great team at Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will help you while you have time for healing and renewal by fighting that legal battle. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. Hello, what is up, dog? What is up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 344, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not, entertain, sir. Yes, of course, and we will dazzle and entertain you in a variety of ways here over the course of the next hour, say, such and how, and henceforth and forever. Yes, forever and henceforth, neverly, 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 yes. Okay, there you go. Well, <laughs> Henceforth and neblum blum blum them neverly neverly. Wow. It bees like that, man. Sometimes it does, man. And <laughs> a lot to get into. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. The Mavs do not make any moves outside of the Kyrie Irving trade. But holy crap, a lot of other teams made some moves. We'll dive into that. We got Super Bowl 57 coming up. Got a couple of things to suggest that perhaps you might enjoy watching. So we have all that for you. But before we get going, you guys, if you have been hurt in a car accident, injured on the premises of a business or whatnot, if you need to get the insurance companies involved and you're trying to figure out what you do, the first thing you need to do is call Greening Law. And it's a free consultation. Talk with the lawyers, the green team at Greening Law, and see if you've got a case. Because if you do, I can promise you this. Having been a client of theirs and having worked with them for the last year and a half, you want somebody like Robert Greening and his staff fighting for you to make sure that you get taken care of and that you get the things that you need going through this process. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it, man. I mean, I think you've explained it pretty well over the last year and a half, the importance of getting with the green team, explaining your situation, and how important it is to have somebody to ride with you when you're going through a real complicated, kind of tedious, long process that you and other people have been going through. Um, and so when you're in that situation, there's no need for you to try to fight somebody else's insurance company. You ain't really equipped to do that. <laughs> Hook up with the green team, follow their instructions, and uh, you know let them lead the way. Yes, indeed, because they will lead the way and they'll get you where you need to go. And again, the consultation is free. If you're not sure if you have a case, you can call and they'll tell you. They'll ask you a few questions. It's 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So the NBA trade deadline, and we, I think we mentioned this on the last podcast. I mean, the NBA trade deadline is the wildest, wonkiest trade deadline in any sport. It's not even close. Major League Baseball, you see some deals made. Even in hockey, you'll see a handful of trades made. I was trying to figure out how many trades were made in the last 48 hours in the NBA trade deadline. There must have been 30. Oh, wow. Has it been that many? I, like, I'm, not, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm trying to count them here where it's one, two, three, four, five. This is just today. You know, wow. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, I think, I think just today, as we record this on Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, rather, right after the trade deadline, I think there was something like 20 trades today. Just today. Wow. And so 
all of this happening around what the Mavs did by acquiring Kyrie Irving. And I got to tell you, just from a pure basketball standpoint, I thought that that immediately made Dallas a team with the chance in the West, a team that now, <laughs> seriously, that now had a shot to make a move that might be able to get through the Western Conference as packed as this conference is. And then I woke up this morning and I got to be honest with you, dude, when I first saw this, I thought it was like from a fake account. I was like, well, no way. That, there's no way. <laughs> but sure enough, it is not. The Phoenix Suns have acquired Kevin Durant in exchange for Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks. And that to me, immediately, I saw that and go, well, Phoenix just won an NBA championship. It sure felt like that. Like, I don't know if they will, but it sure felt like that because I was like, well, you know, they got DeAndre Ayton, they got Devin Booker, they got Chris Paul kind of leading the show and providing that toughness because he's at an age now where he can he can take over from here and there, but it's not mm-hmm. a regular thing. Then you add KD to that mix. I, I, was dude. Like, I was like, well, all this talk about Chris Paul don't have a ring. <laughs> oh, it seems like it's headed the other direction right about now. Yeah, I mean, think, this is a team that, I mean, everybody was shocked when the Mavs knocked them off in the semis last year. Remember, they were in the NBA Finals two years ago and lost to Milwaukee. Chris Paul is not what he once was, but now, I mean, now you don't even need Chris Paul to do anything. Just pass and, and, and take Just charge the of the offense. Yeah, run a show. And, uh, you know, Devin Booker's already a terrific player. Yeah. I mean, he's, an, he's a perennial all-star. Uh, DeAndre Ayton takes care of the middle for you. I mean, they to me, they've got to be the uh, the favorites to get to the NBA Finals. And then, you know, we'll see what happens when they deal with Milwaukee or um, whoever else is over there. That, that Boston. Yeah. Um, but uh, for now, man, they, they're the front runners to me to uh, – to go to come out of the West. I mean, obviously, I mean, Jay Crowder hadn't even played this year. And then what's really weird is this afternoon after Jay Crowder got shipped to Brooklyn, Brooklyn sent him to Milwaukee in exchange for five second round draft picks. So Jay Crowder, who hadn't played this year yet, is going to go join Milwaukee as they try to get another championship. Bridges and Cam Johnson obviously are depth guys. I mean, Bridges is a starter for Phoenix who was averaging 17 and four a game, 17 points. Cam Johnson's a dude who was good for 15 and four a game. So they lose a little bit of that depth, but I mean, who cares? I mean, you get KD, you got Booker, who's a 27 point a game guy. You got DeAndre Ayton, who's your main dude, who's averaging a double double at 18 and 10. And then Chris Paul, who now, who was already averaging nine assists a game and you're, you're bringing in a dude who's in the mid twenties and Kevin Durant when he's the thing of it that is with Phoenix can Durant and Chris Paul stay healthy enough for a playoff run? Because if they can, I mean, to me, they're the favorites. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, no, I could be wrong. I don't really even think it's so much uh, KD, even though he's had a few injuries here and there, because he's still relatively young. You know, Chris Paul to me is the guy, because he's always going to be the engine. He's always going to be the guy who's running the show. He's always going to be the guy who gives you that toughness and everything else. But Man, I got to tell you, that threw me for a loop this morning when I saw that because I was just like, I mean, we sat here and told y'all the other day, hey, man, who scares you in the West? Looks wide open to me. Yeah. Mavericks are as good as anybody, bro. Yeah, Taylor, they're as good as anybody. Now that I look at it, that's no longer the case, man. And I was just like, damn, that happened fast. It happened very, very fast. And, And of all the moves that were made, obviously that is the huge, unbelievable. I mean, KD's averaging 29.7 points a game this year. And you just added him to that arsenal that they have on offense. Now, again, their, their depth does take a hit, but so what? I mean, I, 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 how old is Kevin Durant? 34. I didn't know he was that old. Bro. Yeah, yeah, he's 34, and that's the thing. Chris Paul's 37, so, you know, that, that's part of the reason why Phoenix was like, okay, let's go for it now. Our window is now, literally now. And by the time those four first round, well, one of them is this year. Who cares? It'll be at the back end of the first round. But by the time they get to 27 and 29, there's a good chance Paul and Durant will be out of the league. Who knows about Booker and Aiton, where they'll be, and Phoenix may wish that they had those. So, I mean, this is an all-in move. This is a, all of our chips are on the table. We're going for a title. Dude. Um, yeah, you're right. No, I mean, I was, I'm still throwing for a little bit. You know, Kevin Durant's 34 years old, just turned 34. He's, he's been, in the, he's been right. in the league for 15 years. Yeah, and he's still averaging 30 points a game. Yeah. I mean, him and LeBron are just rewriting the, the age thing, man. This dude's shooting 55% from the field, mm-hmm. man. 
<laughs> Silky smooth, man. I mean, Kevin Durant. And so adding that to Phoenix. And then elsewhere, you, the weird three-team trade where the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell back. And they end up sending Russell Westbrook to the Jazz. And then Mike Conley goes from the Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves, reunited with Rudy Gobert. I mean, it, it's... You know, Russell's like, okay, so the Lakers get the dude that back that they drafted second overall in 2015. And once again, Russell Westbrook for, I think, the fourth consecutive year in a row gets traded because teams look at that and go, wow, you really can't win with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Who's shocked by that? <laughs> I mean, plus he got into a big screaming argument, uh, screaming match with uh, your boy the other day, uh, Darvin Ham. Uh, apparently, Darvin said he didn't get a, he didn't remove himself from the court fast enough uh, when he was subbed out. And uh, you know, once you get into a screaming, shouting thing with the coach, man, mm-hmm. normally one of y'all one of y'all got to go. And nobody's really down with Russ right now. Um, and so, he, to me, he was the easy decision to go. Yeah, and you're talking about another dude who's 34 years old and has been in the league for 15 seasons and has. The last couple of years in L.A. has done he, – he's just been a guy. He hadn't been that great. Maybe now that he goes to a place and he can be the focal point again, I guess. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's still hanging around in Utah. How's that going to work? I have no idea. I, I, I don't know why anybody would want Russell Westbrook, to be honest with you. I mean, he has shown that while he has had some good years, you cannot win with Russell Westbrook on your team. No, I think he's uh... – I think he's – this happens sometimes. Uh, we don't talk about it a whole lot. But he's a guy who still thinks, I believe, that he's one of the best players in the NBA because for a while he was. And, you know, if your ego can't handle the fact that you got to take a different role, that, you, that you're that you not what you once were, yeah, you you end up with, with what you have with him. which is And, you know, he was one of my favorite players for a long time because I really loved the ferocity in which he played. Um, you know, but – He's he's the shell of that guy. Can't shoot worth uh you know can't shoot worth anything these yeah. days. Yet he continues to shoot, and he was really more of a scorer earlier in his career than he was um, you know a great uh, shooter. But Doug, he's gone from twenty seven points to twenty two points to eighteen points to fifteen points. Um, and you know I mean he's he's thirty four, but he seems like a much older thirty four than Durant, and so he can still play. But he's at the point where he's got to reevaluate his career and, and come to grips with the fact that, you know, he's a role player. Yeah, and, and then, I mean, again, there's just so many trades. There's way too many trades to go through. It's insane. You know, another one that jumps out at you, the Magic are trading Mobamba to the Lakers for Pat Beverly. Uh, the Clippers got Eric Gordon from the Houston Rockets. The Memphis Grizzlies sent Danny Green to Houston. The Clippers get are sending Luke Kennard to the Grizzlies. I mean, there's there's all these three three team trades. I mean, just trying to scroll through to see if any of these like jump out at all. The Trailblazers traded Gary Payton the second to the Warriors for five second round picks. After what's the, deal with, what's the deal with five second round picks? I don't know, man. Like people all over Twitter are saying that now it's like second round picks are like monopoly money. Like, oh, hey, here's just a bunch of picks. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Good grief. You know, and, and, and it, what's weird about that trade is Gary Payton II had spent the last two years with the Warriors and left Golden State this past season, the off season to sign with Portland in free agency. They trade him right back. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really odd, man. And those are just some of them today. Uh, again, in some of the trades that had happened over the the weekend and the last couple of days, and then the flurry of trades today. But the big news, of course, the Mavs stand pat. They do nothing outside of, and I say do nothing. I mean today at the trade deadline. We'll see if the Kyrie Irving move is enough. I mean, he obviously looked pretty damn good last night, but Luka didn't play last night. So, like, somebody asked me, like, oh, are you excited about what Kyrie did last night? I was like, no, because Luka wasn't out there. Obviously, Kyrie's going to dominate when Luka's not out there. Why would you be surprised? Dude, that was kind of like an open gym last night. Hey, I'm showing up. I need four to run with me. Who's who's coming? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he played 37 minutes. He had four of his eight three-pointers. He had 24 points. He had, what was it, five assists, four rebounds. Josh Green had another good game, so it, it, they took down the Clippers in a game that they needed to have for positioning in the West. Now they're one game back of L.A., and they'll move on, and it's expected at least, as of now, it sounds like Friday night that it'll be Luka and Kyrie both playing on the first game of what will be a, back, and a back-to-back uh, two consecutive games there against Sacramento. Well, that's good. The Sacramento, 
is ahead of them in the standings. So it's an opportunity to uh, to make some some uh, make a move and uh, and and move up in the standings. And I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm intrigued to watch him play. I haven't really. Now, I mean, who doesn't love Luca? But I haven't been really intrigued to watch him play this year because they haven't played worth a flip yeah. um, with any kind of consistency. But now I'm really intrigued. Uh, I want to see how they fit. And, you know, man, I, I really think Christian Wood can be a help. I, I'm not saying he's the end-all, be-all, but he's, to me he's a much better player than people think. And with those other two, um, you know, they're going to get so much attention, so many shots – you know, there's a chance he could just kind of fly under the radar and really do his thing. Yeah. That'd be nice if he could. I mean, right now, as it sits, they are 56 games into the NBA season. So everybody can pretty much do the math on that one. That means that there are 26 games remaining. They are currently tied for fourth in the West with Phoenix, who's also 30 and 26. They are two games back of Sacramento, four games back of Memphis, and then, of course, eight and a half back of Denver. So we'll see what they can do with this new concoction and, and, you know, like you mentioned, Christian Wood, but also Josh Green and Hardy and some of those guys that they're going to be relying on more now that they have moved on from Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. We'll see. We'll see if they can put something together, man. But Denver already had been playing really, really good. And what Phoenix has added in Kevin Durant, to me, those would probably be the two teams that, that you now kind of look at and say, you got to figure out a way to get past obviously one of those two teams, if not both of those two teams, come playoff time. Yeah, man, and that's hard because the NBA is not about a fluke series, not when it's four out of seven. No, man. You're you're not fluking your way to that. You're going to have to beat somebody. And you look at Jokic again. I mean, the dude's averaging a triple-double this year, and and it might well be on his way to another MVP. I mean, Jokic is averaging 25, 11, and 10. And then you've got Jamal Murray, who's putting up 20 points. And they've got five other dudes who are averaging double double or double or figures, including Gordon and Porter Jr., who are putting up 17 a game. Denver's a very good team that's got some depth. And ain't nobody talking about them. No, not at all. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're only leading the Western Conference by four and a half games or whatever it is, six and a half games, and have the second best record in the NBA behind the Celtics. And ain't nobody talking about them. I know. <laughs> That's funny to me, man. Funny, yeah, funny, funny, funny. It's one of those things, like, I, and I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's because it, it's Denver and, and they're not like a team that has any type of glorious history or, or whatever you want to call it, but they've got a dude. I mean, you know, Jokic has won consecutive MVPs, literally might be about to win a third straight MVP, is a three-time All-NBA first-team guy, and, and you, you don't really, I mean, everybody knows who he is, but I don't think people realize how good that dude is. No, I think he's. Uh, I mean, he's really one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, easily. I ain't, no news. I ain't breaking no news, but I mean, he's been like that for five or six or seven years, and uh, just not a lot of attention. I think some of it, really, bro, is that um, we're talking about Denver, which is a, uh, you know, it's not like it's a small city, but when when it comes to media and their teams, they ain't getting a lot of attention. Well, yeah, and and, and this is not the Denver Broncos. This is not the Colorado Avalanche. This is a Denver Nuggets basketball team that, man, I, I guess you'd probably have to go, man, did, all the way back. Did they ever make the NBA Finals back when they had like? No, I don't think they did. I think they've. I don't think they've ever played in the NBA Finals. I don't think so because you know. I know they they've played stretch. in the in the in the conference finals a handful of times, but I, th- yeah, that, let me. Yeah, I was just scrolling through. They've never played. They've never made it to the NBA Finals. They they have no like tradition of winning and I mean you think about this is a team even with Jokic in the last handful of years now granted one of those was the COVID years but they won 54 games in 2019 they won 57 games in 2013 you know that this is not a franchise of any significant postseason success no they've always been a um, you know because they've always had really good teams for a stretch uh, you know, at one point they were the highest scoring team in the NBA. That was their claim to fame for several years um, back in the day. And they were always a fun team. They were kind of like the Texas Tech of the NBA, man. They're fun. They're exciting, but they ain't never going to do nothing. Yeah, that's pretty much where they're at. So we'll see if they can change that. I mean, obviously, like when they had Carmelo doing his thing and, you know, remember they had Chauncey Billups for a while. That was the team. God, Nene was on that team with uh, Kenyon Martin that beat the Mavs back in 08, 09, whatever that was. Well, see, that's what I mean. They've always, 
not always, but they've had several stretches where they had, you know, really good teams for five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. They just never, they were just never able to do anything with them. Yeah, that's true. And, and I remember them, I have no idea why I remember this, but back when obviously they were in like the late eighties and they had some of those guys and uh, Alex English was on that team. And, and I, I, I have no clue why I remember Alex, Alex English and, and fat lever were on that team. Okay. Now see, this is weird. They went 11 and 71 in 1998. How come they didn't get the number one pick in the draft that year? Did the, did the golf ball not fall right for them? Yeah, were the Mavs worse and somehow the lottery thing didn't happen? Yeah. I guess so. So I, I mean, let, let, let's I, I don't recall the 1998 NBA draft, but the Denver Nuggets had the third pick. Not that it would have mattered because the candy man, Michael Olokandi, was taken with the first overall pick by the Clippers. Mike Bibby, number two overall by Vancouver. Denver had the third pick in that draft and drafted former Mav great Rafe LaFrance. So there was just nobody to draft that year. Nope. Well, Antoine Jamison and Vince Carter, obviously. Dirk was in that 98 draft. Paul Pierce was in that draft as well. Yeah, but I, th- I don't think any of those guys were we thought were destined for the greatness that they had. No, and, and that's also back in the day when you had a guy who could do some of the things that Michael Olokandi could do when he was coming out of school and a guy like a Ray LaFrench, you wanted that big guy, you know, and I, they never seemed to turn out, and they, they didn't. That was a crappy top three picks of the draft, really. Mike Bibby was okay, I guess. I mean, he was a solid NBA player, but we ain't, we ain't looking for a solid NBA player with the second pick in the draft. No, sir, we are not. We certainly are not. It's kind of wild, man, when you go back through and you look at I mean, we've done this before. The NBA draft is such a, I mean, it's, it's kind of like baseball, where unless there's that LeBron James dude, the NBA draft is so freaking random, at the, even at the top of the draft. Uh, it definitely is now because, you know, it used to be a cool draft because it's like you followed these guys in college. Yeah. You kind of had a good idea, but now – Dude, you don't even know half the guys getting drafted because not a lot of people watch college basketball. Yes, that's true. Not a lot of people watch college basketball, relatively speaking. Then you got all your Europeans, which is fine. You got your smattering of high school kids or whatever they're drafting now. It's it's just like, dude, you you have no idea who they're drafting in general. No, you're right, and and it's funny. Check this out. Check this out, man. I'm sorry. Think about how great Luca was in Europe, and nobody had ever heard of Luca. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it was like, well, I think one of the better players is this European guy from Real Madrid, I think, is Luka Doncic, or however you say his name. Oh, well, let's, is there any video out of it? And then it was like the Zapruder film trying to find video of him. And, uh, you know, there's no way that dude should last to the fifth pick. Yeah, man, and I, I remember at the time when I, we were trying to, because we were doing our radio show in Dallas, and I was like, man, I'm telling you, like, once you started hearing that name, Luca, and I went back and watched some of his stuff on YouTube, I was like, holy crap, this dude's on a different level. Yeah. And it was mainly just like the passes he was making. I was like, you just don't see guys who have the vision that this guy has and sees the game the way that he sees it. And sure enough, I mean, that's coming to fruition. I mean, look at what he is. He's, he's, he's obviously, I, I would say, what, one of the top three or four players in the NBA? Bro. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, and, I, I, uh, I mean, he plays a different position, but I'd say it's got to be Giannis, uh, Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid, and probably Luka. You want to throw Jason Tatum in there as a top five NBA players? Yeah, man, off the top of my head, I'm not going to argue with you too much. Yeah, I mean, he's he's up there, man. And if the Mavs make a run and close out this season nicely with, with it, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins an MVP this year. If the Mavs finish top four in the West... Uh, let me see. Luca's worthy of the MVP, but you know, I don't know. I don't know that the Mavs are going to win enough games or create enough excitement for him to get it. Because I'll be curious to see. I mean, Jokic is surrounded by a lot of talent there in Denver. I mean, we just went through that a little bit. When you've got a guy like Luca who is averaging thirty three point four a game, nine rebounds and eight assists. Now he doesn't have the rebounds and assists again, as I mentioned earlier. Jokic is averaging a triple double. But, I mean, he's playing with guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood and Reggie Bullock. I mean, now you no, may say, I mean, well, he's playing with Kyrie Irving, but he spent the vast majority of the season with Dinwiddie and Finney Smith as his next best guys. Oh, there's no doubt, man. He's, I mean, that's why they were 0-7 without him. Yeah. He didn't play because it was just a bunch of guys uh, on the court. 
So we got we have to take this trip around the block because I've got some stuff to throw out for you. Before we do that, we'll tell you about Freeway Tire Shop, the mechanic you can trust, JR, his guys. I know there are some of you listening to this that live in the DFW area. You're not even that far from them that still have not taken your car to get serviced over there at Freeway Tire Shop. And my question to you would be why? Oh, it's a little bit too far. Okay, so you'd rather go to another place where you don't really trust the guys and you're not sure if they're going to stand behind their work. To me, I wouldn't mind going a little bit further if I had to, to know that I can have quality work done with a fair price and I have peace of mind because we can vouch for the dude. So many of you that take your vehicles over there, I mean, the, the experience, you won't experience a mechanic anywhere near the level of what you get at Freeway Tire Shop. No, that's why I rock with it, man. Uh, it ain't real complicated for me. Uh, you want somebody you can trust because your car... Especially in Dallas, man, which ain't got no real good public transportation system. Your car is how you get around. And who wants an unreliable car? That's like the worst thing ever. And so I tell people all the time, man, if your mechanic is not someone that you can trust to quickly diagnose the issue and then somebody who uses quality parts to fix the issue and then somebody who you know every single time is charging you a fair price and then, you know, somebody who stands behind their work, then you need to quit your current mechanic and go ride with JR. He ain't hard to find. He's uh, five minutes from downtown, up 35 north. You get off at Commonwealth. You go through the light. He's right there on the right. It's, uh, it's a customer service is sensational, and the work is supreme. Yes, it is indeed. It's a freeway tire shop. It's tires. It's oil changes. It's all that different stuff that you got to deal with anyway. So check them out, Freeway Tire Shop online. You can request a quote, schedule appointment at freewaytireshop.com. So this trip around the block, I think all of us are familiar with the name Pamela Anderson. I would imagine you know who that is, yes? Yes. Okay, so there is a documentary on Netflix called Pamela, A Love Story. And right. it is a documentary about Pamela Anderson in her own words, so to speak. And I got to tell you. Now, Pam Anderson, you have to realize when I was 13 years old, Pam Anderson had just gotten on to Baywatch. Well, you know, Pam Anderson has always been uh, very sexy. And, you know, who didn't watch the Tommy Lee tape, man? Just, right. Just, the Tommy just, Lee tape that was stolen out of their home and all that type of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's fascinating. Just to see her. It, it, it's fascinating. I mean, she has lived quite the life. And one thing that I found really interesting about this is she has a lot of really interesting insight into her life and the things that she was going through at the time she went through them because she kept journals like religiously from the time she was a little girl, even through this day. And so there are times where this documentary, she's like, they're replaying some of the stuff in her life and her, you're, you're getting her thoughts as she was going through it because they're reading out of the journal. And some of the things, I mean, it's very insightful at times She's a very positive person now. She right. She basically is at a lot of peace and, and says that she regrets nothing and has enjoyed the experiences, even the bad things. Obviously, the sex tape, she she said that was the hardest thing she ever dealt with in her life because like it was just her and, and Tommy Lee, and they used to film each other because they thought it was funny, and they were just having fun together, and it was in a safe. The safe was stolen out of their home. Like There was other stuff in the safe, too. Like There was some jewelry and some guns and stuff in the safe, and the tape was in there. And she to this day, like she said, she goes, people think that we sold the tape. We didn't. We never wanted to dime off that. She's like, you could give me $500 million for that tape and I would not take it from you. That was a piece of my life that was supposed to be private. And we all forget about this. Like, it, like they go through, it was basically the first viral video because that tape came yeah. out right around the time the internet was starting to get popular. Yeah. It's not like it was, uh, it's not like the Kardashian tape. No. Where, where she said about, like, hey, let me see how I can create this this thing and capitalize off mm -hmm. it this was just uh hey two people doing what they do yeah man and it was in a and it was in a safe so you're not going to accidentally find this or anything you know it's, it's all kind of wild bro yeah and it goes through like her whole origin story and, and she was sexually assaulted when she was young and she talks about that and the relationship that her parents had and her marriages to you know she was married to kid rock at one point very briefly all these relationships. I mean, she's very bluntly honest about a lot of stuff that happened in her life. It's really interesting. And I, if you were a fan of Pamela Anderson in any way, shape or form, I actually think it's very well worth watching because it really gives you insight. And because she's so open and honest, 
And because some of the, like, we all remember her, you know, the Playboys and Baywatch, and she did that movie Barbed Wire and all these different things through the years. And she goes through all that. And, and not only does she look back on it and give you her thoughts of it now that she's 55 Five. or whatever, not only does yes. she give you her thoughts now, but you also hear her thoughts as she went through it at the time because of her journals that they read. What's your take on journaling? I don't know. It's really like after watching this documentary, it makes me want to do it. Because I've, ne- I've never been a journaler because I have a very good memory and I remember a lot of things. But I thought, man, I wonder how cool it would be for somebody else. You know, maybe it's my kids or somewhere down the line that could come back and read, you know, here's why I made some of these decisions at the time and, and, and what I was thinking at these at various points of my life. Yeah, man, I think uh, here's the thing with journals. Like my dad has been a uh, has been a journaler for years. I mean, he's got volumes after volume after volume. But, you know, for whatever reason, man, I'm always like, I've tried it on several different occasions. And, I, you know, one of, now see, here's the fun thing. Like, I did it pretty regularly, probably for uh, two or three years of high school. Yeah. And so when I was somewhere in my 30s, I went back and read some of them. And I was like, wow. <laughs> here's, you know, here's the first time I touched the boob. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, but but it was also you know my sports uh, feats and uh, and all kind of stuff. Uh, but it's interesting because I think it's like it's not like the videotape, but you're always concerned if I'm if I'm going to do this and I'm going to put my true thoughts down in my own journal. I don't want anybody finding it because yeah. these are really my thoughts at the moment, and you know. There's always a privacy issue. Yeah, and, and I can see that, you know, if, if somebody didn't want come across it or something of that nature. But I don't know. It's, it's really interesting to see. I mean, she's got it is a, the amount of writing that she did in her life is, is unbelievable. I mean, she's got little journal after journal and thousands of legal pads of just different thoughts from her life at, at various phases. You know, and, and, and I, everybody's familiar with Pan Anderson. I, I didn't know how she got her start, but. Apparently, she had been at a Canadian League football game and was wearing a Labatt's blue T-shirt, and they found her on the Jumbotron, and her buddy, who worked for Labatt's and had given her the T-shirt, was like, hey, stand up and like move around and stuff. Let's get some attention out of this. <laughs> and so she did, you know, and she's just doing what any girl would do that might be on a Jumbotron. Well, apparently, Labatt saw that and immediately hired her to be in their commercials and be a model. And then she, and then next thing she was like, I'd been doing that for a few months. And somebody called me and said, I'm with playboy. We'd like you to be in October, 1989. Can you come to America? Cause she's Canadian. Wow. And she said, hell yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'd never been on a plane. I'd never, she grew up on an Island in like North of Vancouver, somewhere in Canada. She's like, I'd never been anywhere. Like I had no concept of what the world was all about. Like it was wild. And I mean, it is a fascinating story. And the fact that she's so positive, and, and again, you know, a lot of people, well, oh, she's slutty or whatever. She was naked and did all this stuff and all that, fine, whatever. But the fact that she's so positive and, and hearing some of her thoughts and the way and some of her experiences to where she's at now, it, it's, it's intriguing. No, it sounds like it. I think I'll have to check that out now. You should. I, I will say this for those that do not like nudity. It is Pam Anderson. They do show a lot of her early photo shoots, and there's a lot of of that type of stuff. I mean, there is probably, there's a lot of nudity in this because obviously they have to show you this is what she, what basically made her famous before Baywatch. For three years, she did a lot of Playboy stuff. So there's a ton of nudity in it. Oh, well, I guess uh, (laughs) I'll have to work through it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. The other thing that I wanted to throw out as I was telling you, we've been going through the Oscar Best Picture winners or uh, nominees this year. So we watched one last night, and it is nominated for Best Picture Director, Original Screenplay, Actor, two Supporting Actor nominations, and a Supporting Actress nomination. Well, damn. And that is The Banshees of Inisherin, which is a dark, tragic comedy. It is a really interesting... I thought it was hilarious, but it is extremely dry. It is very dark at times, just like oddly violent, but my, it is extremely well-written and man, they, they are hard to understand because they are speaking in about as hardcore an Irish dialect as you can get. Damn. Well, what is it? 
It's the, the basis of it is two lifelong best friends. And then one day the one guy tells, so it's Brendan Gleason and Colin Farrell are the two main characters. And Gleason's, okay. Gleason's character tells Colin's character, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Leave me alone. Really? And he's trying to figure out why. And it, it's, it's kind of like the story of how men deal with loneliness and friendships and hidden anger issues and stuff. And like the way that it kind of comes out and how Colin Farrell can't handle the fact that this dude doesn't want to be friends. And he tells him why. I mean, he flat out tells him, this is why I think you're dull. You mean like boring? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and I, as I've gotten... I mean, God, their, their accent is on a level. Like I did that Irish accent that one time at, at, at training camp. This is on a totally different level than that. I mean, wow. I mean, you know, you, God, now I can't do it. Cause we were doing that English accent earlier. <laughs> oh, top it of the takes- morning to you. It's more like that. You know, where I was talking like this at training camp, how'd you know your name is America's favorite footballer? Well, these guys are going like, I oh, don't you know your name, but Mark, if you're a footballer, fake it, did you like it? I hope we didn't you? And I don't like it anymore. You're a bit dull, ain't you, babe? Well, fake it. I mean, it is intense, but it's, I, it's not, I still think the two best movies I've seen are All Quiet on the Western Front and Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is the best movie I've seen this year, but... This is, I, I can see why this got nominated and, and they do a very good job at this. No, sounds like it, man. Sounds like it. But it's very dry. I mean, this is not your in-your-face obvious I don't comedy. Know if, yeah, I don't know if I need to, I don't know if I want to hear that much Irish accent. It's a lot, man. Like all, like sometimes, like you really got to pay attention so you can pick up on what they're saying. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. I don't know if I really want to do all of that. Yeah, I can see that. So the other thing that I got to throw this out, because this happened to us last night. Oh. So we were telling you about the grocery deliveries. We talked about that, what, a week ago, whenever that was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you put a poll up. I did. I did. Because last night, we had groceries that were going, just a small order, because I ran out of eggs and turkey. It's like, I got to have eggs and turkey. I don't know what I'll do tomorrow. So we order some groceries to be delivered. We're following along on the app. Oh, they've been delivered. I open the Uh front door. There is nothing there. (laughs) So the lady looks at her phone because they send you a picture and she goes, that is obviously not our house. I was like, you're right. It isn't. So she's like, well, walk around and see if you can find it. I'm like, okay. So I walk around and I'm like, okay, I don't see. At first, I'm just looking for a bag on somebody's front porch. Right. And I'm like, oh, these are our groceries. I'll just grab them. I don't see it anywhere. So I go back in. I'm like, I don't see it. She's like, well, they must have taken them inside. See if you can find this door. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the people that are like diagonal across the street from us. <laughs> but right. I can't really tell. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure it's these people. And it is an old guy and his super old wife that live there. Okay. But I'm pissed because I'm like, okay, they obviously took our groceries <laughs> that they knew they didn't order. And again, this is like within less than 10 minutes of us being notified it had been delivered. So I go back inside and I tell the ladies, like, I think it's that house. You're going to have to go talk to him. She's like, okay. (laughs) So what are you going to say? Me? Oh, I, I, I I mean, what what is, what, I mean, what's the question? Hey, did, did you accidentally get some? I'm like, Hey, did you happen to have groceries that you didn't order delivered to you that you decided to take inside your home? (laughs) And he probably had been like, yeah, I did. And I'd be like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, I, I did not enjoy my day as much as I usually do yesterday. So I was already kind of irritable. Right. So I, she goes over there and I was like, she'll be sweet and little and, and take care of it. And sure enough, she goes and she tells me they did have our groceries. She's texting. Me. Oh, they did have them. The guy had already taken them out of all the bags and put them away as though he had gone grocery shopping. Wow. He's a dummy. He should have never answered the door. That's what I, and, and so, and, and oh, here's the thing. So she said, she asked him, uh, pretty sure that our groceries were delivered here. Did you happen to get some groceries? He's like, oh, well, what's your name? You know, no. because if Bob Smith had come by and said the same thing, <laughs> oh, I doubt these are Bob Smith's groceries. Right, because right, so right, many right. people are going to this guy's house, knowing he didn't order any damn groceries, asking, can we have our groceries back? And you're like, oh, well, what's your name? Because guess what? Her name is on the order because she ordered the groceries. So her name, there's a sticker on one of the bags. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess we did get those. She's like, okay, <laughs> well, can we have them back? 
So she gets the groceries back and then gets this. She, she's like, well, so apparently he had already thrown the bags away and they had torn. So he puts all the groceries in a box and he goes, well, I need this box back. So I'll bring them over for you. Well, beat your ass. So he walks across <laughs> the street with her and comes to our house. And then he sees me sitting on the couch and he goes, oh, uh, sorry about this. You know, our, our kids sometimes will order us groceries and have them sent to us. And, you know, we, we just thought that's what it was. And I'm just looking at it. I was like, so your kids normally order you eggs, turkey, unflavored almonds, spinach, <laughs> and brown rice. That's not a sexy basket. Right. Like, like you, that's normally what you eat. You know, I didn't say anything. I go, oh, okay, cool. I was like, I'm sure it happens all the time. Like, never, because I've never heard anybody do this before. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's, we just thought it was maybe them just sending us groceries. I was like, okay, so... Even though their last name is not what her last name is. Right, right, right. And you knew when she came over and you asked her name that it was from her. You still thought that your kids had sent you these damn groceries. <laughs> like, you can lose me. So what I thought, I was like, okay, in that situation, and I put this poll out on Twitter and it kind of blew my mind because there's several hundred votes on this poll. And I simply asked, I said, okay, if this happens to you and somebody else's groceries or food gets delivered to you on accident... Do you keep it? Sucks for them. Leave it be for a time or try to find the right house. And I said, leave it be for a time in a sense of, okay, oh, wow, somebody left us these groceries on our front. Well, we didn't order them. You know what? I wonder if somebody's looking for them. If they're still here in a couple hours, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave them there for now. Right, right, right. Like us, because we knew they had gotten delivered and had they been sitting there, I would have just gone and gotten them from that guy's porch. Try to find the right house can be difficult. If, if you don't know the person's name on it or there's not an address, I, I can understand, okay, well, I don't know how to get a hold of this person. The delivery service, once they deliver it, has no responsibility for it and you, you can't contact the person who delivered you. But I was shocked that 17% of people say that they would just keep it because sucks for them. <laughs> That's society, bro. And I was like, yeah, but you like... You know it's like food is different. I get it because maybe the food gets dropped off at the wrong house and if you don't know whose name is on the order or whatever, how long can you leave it sitting there like a pizza or something? Like if you right. call the pizza company and say, hey, you think you guys mistakenly delivered a pizza? I didn't order it. They will tell you to keep it and then just remake the pizza and get it to the right person. Right, right, right. Fine, I get that. But groceries... When you know you didn't order them, like maybe somebody might be looking for those. I mean, give it some time. I mean, literally less than 10 minutes after we got notified it was delivered, that dude had put that shit away inside his house. The reality is, I'm just saying this, most of the time you don't even want somebody else's groceries because it's a bunch of stuff that you don't even, you don't even eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Because everybody's got the brands that they like and the this and the that. And so I wouldn't even want somebody's groceries real talk. Um, <laughs> that's wild though, dude. What gall? That's what I thought, and, and like it blew my mind. Like, like if he had brought him inside, it was like, oh yeah, I just brought him inside. I have them right here. I thought somebody might be looking for them. He put them away. He put the eggs and shit in his fridge. He put the almonds in his pantry. I guarantee you, he does probably doesn't even eat almonds. Okay, well, I'm gonna take this a step further because I think groceries is different. What happens uh, if somebody's delivers DoorDash? to the wrong house what do you do see if it's me because usually there's a name and if there's an address on there i i personally if it was an address in the neighborhood i would i would take it to that person's house i would say hey i think this was just mistakenly delivered it had your address on it i didn't touch it or anything here you go all right that sounds fair you know now if i look at it and i'm like i have no idea where that address is and then i google the address i'm like well holy crap this is like in a whole different area i'm not going to get in my car and be the delivery person <laughs> so then in that in that instance i would i would honestly have to I, I would keep it in that instance okay but i mean to be fair like we've had this happen before we we ordered something doordash it was delivered to the wrong house and we were trying to figure out where it was and we figured out what house it was and the guy had he had just eaten it <laughs> i was like jesus man like what like people like okay so you weren't hungry because you didn't order the damn food but yet when it was delivered to you like oh shit sweet i i'll eat this <laughs> and we wonder crazy. why america has an obesity problem wow you can't go there man just saying 
You can't go there. I mean, you just you're just deciding to eat food because it's free, even though you didn't order it, and you have no idea. Hell, I don't even like this, but I'll eat it because it's here. That's <laughs> ah, the moral decay of America, brother. It drew, I just couldn't believe that. I mean, thank God we got our groceries back because I was very, I was getting very irritated because I you know I'm very structured in what I eat during the week. I eat eggs every yes. morning for breakfast. I eat turkey turkey every day for lunch. Part of the reason why I do that, I don't have to think, what am I going to eat for breakfast or lunch today? It's the same thing. It's healthy. I enjoy it. I, it's just a, I don't have to worry about it. And man, when that gets thrown for a loop and I'm not expecting it to, after I'd made the effort to correct the fact that we were already out of it, I'm like, why, why is this a thing that you're, you're stealing from me, person? <laughs> I guarantee you that person doesn't view it that way. No, they don't at all. They're like, oh, I, I just thought, I, I, I thought that God was smiling upon me. Well, do you do you often eat unsalted almonds? Oh, I don't, but they're free. God, your yappy ass dog. I, you know, I tell you, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> wow, I'm telling you, man, it's just people are because we've had people deliver things to us on accident, and we left it there one time overnight. We because it was a non perishable. So we, we just left it overnight to see maybe somebody's going to come and get this. Woke up the next day and nobody ever came and got it. So we took it inside. I had no idea. I was like, we had no way to contact the person. We didn't know what, who it was supposed to go to. But I thought, well, maybe that person got a picture on their phone and they'll figure it out and they'll come to our front stoop and it'll just be sitting there for them. Jeez. But it, it was, and we left it out there. I think it was a, like a box of Ziploc bags and whatnot. And we just left it out there for a while and nobody ever came to got it. So we kept them. Well, that makes sense after a while. Yeah. There was another time we had a desk delivered on accident that was supposed to go on the other side of the neighborhood. And the girl's name was on there. And so the lady friend looked her up and found her on Facebook and sent her a message and said, hey, your desk was accidentally delivered to our house. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll come by and get it after I get off work. Okay. You know, we didn't take the desk inside and, <laughs> oh, hell yeah, free desk. Well, we don't need a desk. I know, but it's free. And the other person will say, well, it was delivered wrong, and we'll just get, they'll have to reship it to them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that. you know, to me, that's just, and that's part of the reason why goods cost so much is because that happens all the time, and then they got to build that cost into whatever the future becomes. No, I think you're right about that. So there's my story. The dude who stole our groceries, but the lady who got them back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man. Good thing for your lady fiance. No doubt, man. Maybe I should make, I should write a comedy, like a dark comedy about that situation. Dude, you could. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, we got to talk a little Super Bowl 57 coming up here on Sunday. We also need to tell you about HFX Foundation Solutions. Aaron and his guys, again, it's like anything else in life. It can be a hassle, but once you get out ahead of it and you get that peace of mind, it's so much better for you. With the wonkiness of foundations, especially in the North Texas area, with the extremes of weather, it's a free, no obligation inspection. They can come out, check out your gutters, check out your drainage. If you're noticing sticking doors and cracks in your walls and ceilings and stuff, it's worth it for the peace of mind. Give Aaron and his guys a call over there at HFX Foundation Solutions. I think we all say peace of mind is what you want. And there's a way to get it. And it's by picking up the phone and calling Aaron and his team at HFX and saying, hey, come get my crib a colonoscopy. And they'll, they'll chuckle, but then they'll come and do it. And, and what that means is, I mean, why do we go through that medical procedure? It's just for peace of mind because there can be some stuff going on in your body that you don't know about. Well, it's the same thing when you get a colonoscopy for your crib, man. It's about seeing what's inside your house so that you don't get caught by surprise by something down the road. It gives you peace of mind. That's what we're talking about. That's all we're talking about, peace of mind. And so if you have Aaron them come over and check your crib out, odds are they find nothing. But if they do, it's like we always tell you, man. If they find it, probably they find it early. And we all know when you're dealing with something like that, if you find it early, it costs them a heck of a lot less to fix it than if you find it late. That's exactly right, and it's easy to do. Again, free, no-obligation inspection, 817-770-0174, or you can jump online, find out more information there at hfxfoundation.com. So I just saw this just real quick before we get to Super Bowl 57 because Callie Kaplan, who covers the maps for the Dallas Morning News, just threw out an article and said, 
that the Mavs, as we talked about earlier, they, they did not find another trade partner for anybody. But apparently, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood were two players the Mavs wanted to include in, a, in another move before the deadline. But their inability to swing a deal with those two underscores their waning value around the league and how other teams view Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood. Kind of interesting. Yeah, interesting because um, I see why they don't care about Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like Christian Wood's been pretty good to me this year. Yeah, so. that's that's why I was thinking. I was like, if they were willing to move him, and again, it, it, who knows like how high or how big they were trying to swing where that is true, but uh, the fact that they did try to make some other moves, Kaplan saying that, and they couldn't find any willing takers in a deal they wanted anyway for either one of those guys. So Super Bowl 57 on Sunday, it's the Chiefs, it's the Eagles. It's one of those Super Bowls, I, I want Kansas City to win. I got to be honest with you, man. Like, I keep, I'm, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I love how Jalen Hurts carries himself, the way that he handled everything that he went through. Everybody that I know that's connected with Alabama, the way they talk about this guy, you find yourself rooting for Jalen Hurts and the fact he plays for the Eagles. It's like, damn it. But I don't want the Eagles to win, but I would love to see Jalen Hurts get a ring. Okay. And I think, honestly, I I think Philadelphia is a better team. Than um, Kansas City? <sighs> yes. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're breaking news. I'm not like I looked at it this way. I didn't sit there and uh, take a hard look at the rosters, but I go Philadelphia's got a better pass rush. Yes, much better. Best pass rush in the league. Mm-hmm. They have a much better running game, and it doesn't matter whether Kansas City tries to run or not. We know Philadelphia's got a much better running game. They got the quarterback run, and the running back is pretty good. And um, you know, if if you can run the ball and you can rush the passer. And you don't turn it over, which they don't do. Yeah, typically it's hard for you to lose, bro. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, when you've got a dude like a Jalen Hurts with the weapon, I mean, believe it or not, they're, like they're actually equal. They, they have scored the exact same amount of points through their whatever it is. What are they, 19 games into the season? They, right. I, I forget the exact number, but it's identical. They're both identical at 16-3, and three, and they have scored the exact same amount of points on offense. Yes, the, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Jalen Hurts is having a phenomenal season. The Eagles have more weapons on their offense than Kansas City does. Kansas City doesn't necessarily need all those weapons, obviously, because of Pat Mahomes. Kansas City has a tight end in Travis Kelsey, who, you know, I was wondering about this to kind of go down a Cowboys offshoot here. If you had the opportunity to get a tight end, and I don't know if you, like, say they draft Michael Mayer in the first round. Having a tight end like that who can, who, because Travis Kelsey is a high-paid tight end who with, like, a $12 million cap hit because tight ends don't get paid like wide receivers. Is there more value if you hit on a tight end like a Travis Kelsey who is such a mismatch at his position and you get him relative to what he can do statistically at a value compared to what a wide receiver of the same statistic production could do? I don't think so, because most of the time, wide receivers that are highest paid bust your ass 25, 30, 40 yards at a time. And tight ends, they can do a lot of things, but even Travis Kelsey, as good as he is, he's the outlier. Him and Kittles, maybe, sure. for big yeah. plays from tight ends. So they're out. You know, because we went through a stretch, man, where everybody had that guy. Everybody was a mismatched guy. Uh, who's our guy? Uh, who's our Alabama tight end? OJ something or other. OJ Howard? Yeah, um, who's the tight end that they drafted from uh, Florida two years ago? The Cowboys? Uh, no, uh, Atlanta. Oh, Kyle Pitts. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> so what I'm saying is and Kyle Pitts has been good, but Kyle Pitts has not been what we thought Kyle Pitts was going to be thus far. Now we can say maybe it's his quarterback situation right. or, or whatever. And like I said, Kyle Pitts has been fine, but Kyle Pitts was supposed to like change the whole game. Yeah, I know. You're and, right. I mean, there's uh, they took him, what, fourth overall, I believe. 
Yeah. Yeah, and O.J. Howard, yeah, who never turned into anything. Right. So, you know, those guys are hard to find. Uh, now, obviously, Kyle Pitts was hurt this year. As a rookie, he was – I take it back. As a rookie, he did everything but score touchdowns. As a rookie, 68 for 1,026 yards. 15.1 a catch for a tight end is, is incredible because uh, normally they're around – look at Dalton Schultz. They're around right. 10 yards. Uh, but he was hurt this year, so he he didn't uh, he didn't have a good year. Uh, yeah, I mean, he only scored one touchdown as a rookie. But bottom line is, there's not a lot of tight ends that can really affect the game in a big play way, which is what we're talking about when you score points. Yeah, and and, and to your point, you look at it like George Kittle averaged twelve point eight a reception. Uh, let's see, Travis Kelsey was twelve two. Ceedee Lamb was twelve seven. But the highest guys like Justin Jefferson, 14, a catch. Jalen Waddell, 18, led the league, obviously. A.J. Brown, even with the Eagles, 17 yards of reception. So you can see the difference there, what you're talking about with those explosive big-type plays. For me, the flip side of this Super Bowl is kind of what you mentioned. The Chiefs have one dude on defense that you fear, and that's Chris Jones, and he's a beast, obviously. 15 and a half sacks this year. He is an absolute behemoth of a human being and is a beast of a player. The problem is that Philadelphia, like if I'm Philadelphia, you got to, okay, where's Chris Jones? What can we do to try to slow him down? If you're Kansas City, because the flip side of this is, how do we defend against four dudes who had double-digit sacks in Reddick, Hargrave, Sweat, and Graham? That's a lot, bro. And then, four oh, by the way, with double-digit sacks. Fletcher Cox had seven. Dude. That is a nasty pass rush. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you have to, uh, you have to account for it. And then don't forget, you know, Mahomes is still in the midst of that high ankle sprain. Yeah. So he may be better than he was two weeks ago, but he is not right yet. Yeah, and and when when you look at it like that, when you look at, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson who had six interceptions in their secondary this year the way that they kind of built that team and the way that they went about it. And we've talked about this before. Yes, they hit on, I say they hit on Jalen Hurts. They got him in the second round. I mean, they spent a a, a top two round draft pick to get Jalen Hurts. They recognized that Carson Wentz wasn't the answer and were willing to move on from him and eat his dead cap. They go out, their entire offense outside of A.J. Brown is homegrown. And so they've built their line through picks. They built, obviously, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. And then they went out and they they send a first round pick for A.J. Brown. Their defense is a really interesting mix of some homegrown guys and some of those that we just mentioned that were quality draft picks that they hit on free agents like Hargrave. And some of the other free agents that they've signed, like James Bradbury, who was an all-pro corner that they got on the cheap after the Giants cut them. And then some of the moves that they made where they traded, whether it was for an A.J. Brown on offense or a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, yeah, Gardner on defense. I mean, they have really pieced together a very nice roster and did it, in, did it quite smartly, actually. No, that's what they did, bro. Uh, they made good decisions. They made smart decisions. And, you know, it started with the whole quarterback thing because they were willing to take a chance. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, man? I think you can take a chance when your quarterback's horrible. Um, True. Like, Carson, Car- I'm serious. Like, you could look at Carson Wentz and just go, there's zero way we can win with this dude. Uh, that's not the situation for Dak. Dak, you can look at him and say, well, if we got this, this, and this, we can win with him. And so it's a, it's a different mindset. It's a different conversation. And... Um, but getting rid of Carson Wentz helped them get back on track. And, yeah, they hit on Jalen Hurts, man. Uh, and a lot of us were questioning that pick when they made it. Like, what are you doing? A second-round pick? He's not going to be able to help you for a minute. Uh, but he's a cat to me, man, with those intangibles who just takes you to a next to another level. Well, yeah, because when they drafted him, nobody knew that they were soured on Carson Wentz. And you were sitting – like, all we heard was, oh, they're going to use him like how the Saints use Taysom Hill. And I was sitting there going, so you wasted a second round draft pick on a dude who's going to play six snaps a game. Like it, it, in, in a, it you know, it, I, re- I remember when you said that, really. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when it happened. Like, I remember that was back when we were on ESPN radio and, and Nate and I on the draft coverage looked at each other like, what are they doing? Like, you don't draft a guy who, if that's the envisioned role, you don't draft that dude in the second round. Nope, 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 nope. And so, um, you know, they took a shot, and it worked for them, bro. And uh, they are reaping the benefits. 
And, you know, they they did what you got to do. They did the damage on the rookie deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what everybody yep. wants to do. Can you do the damage on the rookie deal? These are the top two scoring offenses in the NFL. They both average 28.7 points a game. You look at the defenses, and obviously Philadelphia's defense is, as I mentioned, it is a better defense than Kansas City. They allow 19 a game. Kansas City allows 22 a game. I think we're going to get another phenomenal Super Bowl. I expect this to be more San Francisco, Kansas City than Tampa Bay, Kansas City. It wouldn't surprise me if it's much like how last year and it goes right down to the final possession. I think Philadelphia is a better team. I hate Philadelphia. I do not want them to get a second Super Bowl title, but I'm going to pick them to win because I think they're better. And I think Philadelphia is going to win this thing. And I think uh, it's somewhere much like last year. I think a 27, 24 type game. All right. I, um, I kind of talked about the reasons where I thought Philadelphia would be hard to beat because they run the ball better than Kansas city. They rush the passer, uh, better than Kansas city. And, um, you know, in general, man, I would say, you know, I was, you know, Mahomes can win the game essentially kind of by himself. But with him being a little bit hobbled, I think it's a little bit too much to overcome. Although I really like the Chiefs because I like Andy Reid. And so, it, it, you know, I don't care who wins. I, I'm hoping for a great game. But I got Philadelphia winning 30 to 28. Okay. Yeah. So you've got another insanely tight game that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope so, man. I think it's a good matchup. And I cheer for the game. I just want a good game, an entertaining game. Yeah, that's kind of, and you know, you look at it like recent, like last year was a phenomenal game. The year before that, it was so surprising when Tampa just pounded Kansas City and nobody saw that coming. The Kansas City-San Francisco game was really, really good. The the Patriots-Rams was a solid game. The Eagles-Patriots, obviously, before that. The OT game with the Patriots and the Falcons. So really in the last, what is that, last six Super Bowls, Pretty much all of them, for the most part, have been pretty close competitive Super Bowls. Yeah. No, they've been good. Except for that that Tampa-Kansas City one where Kansas City just, I mean, nobody. Well, their offensive, nobody their offensive line was so decimated yeah. they had no shot. Yeah, I mean, that was 31-9. to nine. Nobody saw that coming. So we shall see just after 5 o'clock on Sunday all the commercials, the halftime show with Rihanna, the – all the hoopla that the Super Bowl is, we'll talk about it all on Sunday evening. Our next podcast, looking back at the game, the commercials. Are you a Rihanna fan? Do you like Rihanna? Like her music? Yeah, she's cool. Because I don't really know her music that well, but one of the guys at work was playing a couple of her songs today, and I was like, well, dang, I need to dive into that a little bit more because I guess whatever her last album was, he was telling me, he's like, oh, it's the best. Oh, I don't uh, You know me, I don't really listen to albums. I listen to singles, but she's got three or four on my playlist right now. I'm a yeah. big fan of, uh, here, listen to this one and then hit me back later. I'm a big fan of uh, Desperado. Okay, Desperado. I'll check that out. I'm trying to remember what the hell the song was that he played today. It was off that same album, and it was really, it was a kind of an acoustic type song. I don't know. I can't, I'll have to go find it. I was like, dang. I was like, that's Rihanna. He was like, yeah. I was like, man, I got to check into that. That's a really good song. I think I've heard that song before. Yeah. I don't know. I like that one. Yeah. She's, she's, I mean, she's, she's got, got a couple songs I've heard, obviously. Yeah. She's got a few other that are a little more poppy than that yeah. one. But uh, no, I'm a, I, I would probably say I'm a Rihanna fan. Rihanna fan. It'll be interesting to see, like, some of the, you know, because everybody's always curious, who's she going to bring out? Like, what other artists that nobody knows are going to to jump out and, and be there? So we'll see. Oh, I'm trying to turn this down now. Now I can't turn my Apple Apple music off. Because I thought, like, the last two Super Bowl, like, I'm a big fan of The Weeknd. I like his music quite a bit, and he played two years ago. And then last year when they were in California, remember, it was Dr. Dre and Snoop and Eminem and all them and... Mary J. Blige, and, and I thought, and I'm not even a rap fan, and I thought that show was awesome. Oh, dude. It's, you know, talented people, man, are talented people. And if you get enough of them together, it's uh, fantastic. Do you remember when it used to be, because Michael Jackson did the Super Bowl that the Cowboys beat the Bills in, that 52-17 to 17 game, but do you remember before that it used to be like marching bands and like random just weird crap that they would throw together and it wasn't really a thing? Did it really? Yeah, like like no. 
Like I, I was looking this up earlier. So here is so in 1992, the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 26, the halftime show was Gloria Stefan, Olympic figure skaters Brian Boitano and Dorothy Hamill, the U.S. 1980 hockey team, and the University of Minnesota marching band. Good Lord. Yes, and Gloria Estefan only did two songs, bits of two songs. And then Brian Boitano and Dorothy Hamill apparently skated around to a couple of different songs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Wow. What and is that all about? That's the year before Michael Jackson. Think about that. Like, And I don't remember this either as a kid. I don't remember any Super Bowl shows. So, the, so Super Bowl 25, the, the Super Bowl right before that in 91, New Kids on the Block sang a couple of songs, and then Warren Moon came out and did a some sort of a a, a thing with children. <laughs> no, I have no recollection of that. Yeah, and, and if you scroll through like the Super Bowls before that, I mean, it's you know the nineteen ninety Super Bowl, Super Bowl twenty four. It's the University Nickel State University Marching Band and the Southern University Marching Band, along with the USL Marching Band. Damn. Really? Yeah, it was just a bunch, just a bunch of marching band. Damn, I wonder what made them change. I have no idea, but once they hit Michael Jackson, I mean, after that, it, it, it they kind of went down back. that route. Yeah, yeah, you can't go back. And now, of course, it, ever since then, it's been names that everybody knows that are some of the biggest names in the music industry, as in terms of popularity, at least for. I mean, you may not care for the music, but you know who that person is. Hell yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. There's a great example. I mean, throughout the years, I mean, Tom Petty, Prince played it, Bruce Springsteen, The Who, and now they're getting into the more, you know, The weekend and and last year with all the, the pop acts, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga have done it in recent years. True, true, Rihanna. True. I'll be curious. I'm always wondering. I heard Taylor Swift is is gonna is hot on the radar. So we'll see if she ever does it. And I was like, man, I wonder if the Foo Fighters. I, was, I thought maybe, you know, are they are they big enough where they, they could do a halftime show? I don't know. I don't know anything the Foo Fighters sing. No, you'd know, I bet you would know it if you'd heard I've it. I've heard of them, yeah. but I don't know any of their songs. Yeah, only time will tell. We'll see. But Super Bowl 57, enjoy it. We will be back with you. All of our thoughts on whatever transpires at the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you guys. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Get ready for Valentine's Day next week, my birthday, all kinds of hoopla and fun coming on the way. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.